And then he just turns around and leaves the library. (laughs) I mean. Oh, my God. I don't know if you know this about us, but we love a sad, broken man. We love a sad, broken boy. And he's so sad. It's so so broken. He's so broken. (laughs) He's just so sad and broken. I'm Melody Carlisle. And I'm Sabrina Bradley. And this is Heaving Bosoms. This is the podcast where best friends recap romance novels and other kissing media that makes us swoon, snark, and refills our cups. Whether you've read the book or are coming in blind, we'll lay bare every delicious scene and revel in the tropes and subgenres that make romance amazing. All right, listener, strap in and strap on. Headphones are highly recommended. Hey, Sabrina. Okay, you know that melting dick on my phone? Yes. <laughs> I do. Okay, listener, I've, I've got a melting Misaka dick on my phone. Mm-hmm. You get to see it at the end of the uh, Fifty Shades watch party, I think. Yeah, I should just post a picture of it on our yeah. socials. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guess what? Okay, so I thought this was going to be a huge problem. For podcast, for melody, for everyone. All right, because I have to take a lot of screenshots for like you are socials so and stuff. Pretty. Oh, uh, well, you want a melting dick all over? Like You're it's just, on brand, but it can't, not everywhere. You, you want that everywhere? You, well, I, continue telling them what you figured out and learned. Well, it turns out that it doesn't. It, it doesn't put the dick on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I guess it's not shooting. My screen, it's shooting what's underneath my display. It's does shooting, that it do, so what it's makes sense. It's just taking a snapshot <laughs> of all of the information being sent to your phone. The issue is not the information or sent to your screen. <laughs> what it is is you just have messed up pixels underneath. Right, my pixels are yeah, fucked, literally. Uh, I sh- you're right. I didn't even mean that in your endo, but you did it. Yeah, that double I entendre. Fucking, I fucking love the term in your endo. It makes me <laughs> laugh every fucking time. I really do too. Oh my god. But yeah, well, it's the same reason that I once had a friend. I'll tell you this quick story. So I once had a friend. Well, th- we're still friends, but like one time <laughs> we were video chatting and we were cackling about this sticker that one of us had put on our screens. I can't remember which of us did it. We were like 17. Mm-hmm. And I was, oh, it must have been me because I think I was like, you have to see this. And so I screenshotted it and sent it. Okay. And then went, wait, like a th- physical sticker? 
You put a physical sticker on your phone and then you thought you could this photograph was, that? This was 12 years ago, ma'am. Ma- okay. okay, not even I'm that pretty. <laughs> Sabrina. <laughs> I was young, okay? You were young. It's true. But now mm-hmm. you've you've been learned. You've got some oh, learning on you. Well, partially because of, you know, the various degrees that I have. I kind of, <laughs> like, yeah, I bet that helped. Yeah. All right. I mean, I should have known it at that point because I was building computers and things like that already. But um, <laughs> that's incredible. That's honestly incredible. But yeah, I am well, happy for you. It also means that if you really need to see something that in, that's in that bottom right hand dick corner, then <gasps> you can just screenshot can it screenshot and make the it. picture sh- smaller and look Yay. at it in your photos. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, because that has been a problem. I've had to remember like like which side. Like where the trash can is, you know, <laughs> it's always right underneath that dick because it's in the bottom right the corner. Trash can. I forgot you don't have an iPhone. Like when you want to delete something, sometimes there's buttons over there that you need to fuck with, and I can't see them. Oh, so, so it's yeah. just kind of like Schrodinger's delete button. Y- yeah. Um, Never mind. With don't that, worry about it. With that Schrodinger dick. So. <laughs> I don't want that in my brain. Please, she God, no. It. She hates it. She's about Actually, to get the comment. What does Schrodinger, what does Schrodinger look like? Sounds old. <laughs> not that that's a bad thing. Erwin Schrodinger. I can't decide if he could get it or not. Honestly. I think I would have to hear him talk. Yeah. I think he could just get it because of his intelligence, though. No, totally. I do find that extremely sexy. Yeah. Bolt, hot take, I think that I would suck Schrodinger's dick. Oh, God. Okay, great. Well, here we go. Just answering Actually, questions you know what? that I'm nobody I'm not going to say that because I don't know. Well, it was a question I had <laughs> all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know if he was a bad person or not, aside from being a fucking genius. So maybe I wouldn't. That's I don't fair. know. I don't need to go down that rabbit hole right now, so I've closed that tab out. That's fair. I know one fact about Schrodinger. Do you want to know what it is? Oh, my God. For sure fact. Gird your loins. Okay. He is not one of our patrons. Who we're going to shout out right now? <laughs> Ma'am. I got her. I, I got her real good. <laughs> you really did? Because I was like, if you don't know about Schrodinger's box, but like, you I know, know some other random box. fact. I know about that. I, I just like the phrase Schrodinger's dick. Dick in a box. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're on the patrons. patrons. <laughs> okay, moving along. So, we've got some incredible people that we have to shout out. There are a couple who have joined the Patreon super recently, actually today, <laughs> because we are batch recording. People, we're recording like every two days at the moment to try and get ahead a bit. So. Yeah, because we don't have a fucking option. No, we don't. <laughs> for the next, like, two and a half, three, like, basically the next month. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, and thanks, and welcome to Amanda W. and Kaklebs. Oh, I can't wait. C-Klebs. C-Klebs. I like Kaklebs. Is the way it's got to be. C-Klebs. And now we're going to do some people who have been part of the Patreon for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So welcome to 
well, not welcome, but thank you for being here, Jessica N. and Maureen R. Abby T. and Meredith. Tiffany R. and Sarah C.J. R.J. J. and Brittany H. And Hannah S. and Sigrid L. Hey! Thank you! Thank you! New and old. We love you. Yeah. We love you. We appreciate you. You want to know what else I love? This book. This fucking book, dude. Yeah. I, it's been a while since. So I went through a Tessa Dare phase early in okay. my like re-entry into reading romance. Mm-hmm. And unsurprisingly, I did read every single book that I could get my hands on over the course of like two and a half weeks. That doesn't sound like you at all, though. No, I know. Shocking. Any hoodles? Uh, <laughs> wow. Because of that, it's been years since I've read a Tessa Dare Okay. I forgot how much I fucking adore her writing. Yeah. It's funny. It's heartfelt. It's, it's sharp. Sh- so sharp. It's yeah. sexy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So, listener, if you haven't already guessed, we're doing Any Duchess Will Do by Tessa Dare. And it is the fourth book in a series, but I didn't have to read the first three books because I've already read them. Hey, and I had already read Minerva and A Week to Be Wicked. Yeah, A Week to Be Wicked. It's the road trip one where she's a blue stocking with spectacles and she Mm. studies dinosaurs. Yes. He needs money. Yes. Um, And he has to get it by getting married to a lady. Yeah, there is fair sex. A libertine. Yeah, and we meet this character in that book at his house of ill repute, at his mm-hmm. at his den of iniquity that he has out in the country that he brings all of his friends to, and that's what he's known for. He's a rake, and he's a mm-hmm. just adorable. And an frankly. enabler. <laughs> and an enabler. Very, you know what? He's generous, is what I would say, you know? He's generous. He's hospitable. Come on, friends. It's time for the annual fuck party. Yes. Get your your orgy and gambling on, he says. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going to drink all night and sleep all day. Yeah. So this is Griff. I don't remember what his last name is. It's like Holstrom? Holford? Oh, the Duke of Halford. Halford. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. And he wakes up in a moving carriage. His mm-hmm. head super hurts. He doesn't know where he is, but he's pretty sure he needs to apologize to some lady. <laughs> that he is on top of, apparently. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And he fondles her leg to apologize, and we hear a squawk, <laughs> and it turns out it is his mother. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine he, just, like, the shriveling? Well, he, and just, he, like, rubs her thumb, his... He thumb rubs on her, her ankle, ankle with his thumb. Which is like the equivalent nowadays of straight up like shoving his hand three fingers deep in her vagina. Okay, I was gonna say brushing a boob, but yeah, I will also I will also go with you where you went. That's fine. It's true. Based on the horror that people they're like, oh, ankles. And like you may as well just flash that puss, okay? Just like yeah, she thwacks him real good with her with her fancy umbrella. 
Absolutely. And he just touched her inappropriately. I'd whack him too. Absolutely. Yeah. So he wakes up and he's like, oh, God. And he's trying to figure, he's like, oh my God, I've been kidnapped because I couldn't have gotten that drunk last night. I just had dinner. And then mm-hmm. he's like, never fear, mama. I'll make sure that the blackguards who got us won't get us again. And she's like, But then he realizes, the though. Well, he realizes that she's wearing all of her jewelry and <laughs> she looks like untouched and all mm-hmm. of his stuff is still in his pockets. And he's mm-hmm. like, we were not kid. Either these are the world's worst kidnappers or I'm looking at the kidnapper right right now. Yeah, his mom did kidnap him. Mm-hmm. She and drugged him. She <laughs> kidnapped him. She roofied him. Like she right in his did. face. Yeah. Like <laughs> never in a million years would I think not to accept a drink from one of my parents because I thought that they were going to drug and kidnap me. You right? know, like that Diabolical. is a level. Oh, my God. I love his mom, though. She is a perfect side character. She like, is. <laughs> she's got layers. She's got layers she that you don't sure expect. Does. She opens up just the right amount. <gasps> oh, I God. I love, love her, her so much. But yeah. right now, she's like, you are letting the entire family line down. Our our ancient, hallowed family line. And so I'm taking you to Spinster's Cove. Because <laughs> this is yeah. part of the Spindle Cove series. Mm-hmm. She specifically says, we're going to meet your future bride. And he calls her a scheming, fiendish woman with entirely too much time at leisure. And then she so she's talking about how she's 58 and she needs grandchildren before her decline. My it's favorite. not right. Yes, for, yes, that's my favorite. It's not right for two generations of the family to be drooling at the same time. And he tells her your decline. Tell me, mother, how can I hasten this happy process other than offering a firm push? And she looks him dead in the face and says, just try it. (laughs) Oh, my God. They're so great. So she's like their relationship is so dysfunctional, but so beautiful. It's so sweet. Yeah. Like, especially at the end, guys, there's like a whole Uh arc they go through anyway. Uh huh. So she's like, we're going to go to Spindle Cove and you're going to pick one of these ladies because none of them have the reason to turn you down. You're a duke. And he's like, turn me down. I'm a catch. OK, it's my decision to be single. And she's like, you've got a terrible reputation. And like, like, we're not even going to go there. You're just gonna pick a lady from Spindle Cove and then I will turn her into a duchess. It doesn't matter what her problems are because like the heroine when we meet her says that Spindle Cove is full of ladies who vacation there because something ridiculous is wrong with them. Like Mm -hmm. they can't play the harp well enough or Mm -hmm. something stupid that makes them unacceptable for marriage. So then we Zippy Zap to yeah. our heroine, Pauline, who is, she lives on a local farm with her shitty, terrible father and mm. her sad, sad mother mm-hmm. and her adorable sister. Mm-hmm. And she works at the local shop and she's saving because she wants to get her and Daniela, her sister, a better life. Yeah, she's a and barmaid. She's also, she works at the bar. That too. No, she only works at the bar. I thought she also worked at the shop occasionally. No, I thought she was just shopping. Oh, maybe she just leaves her money with Sally. 
It's a oh, bank. Oh, okay. I misunderstood her. that. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so she's just fantastic. But she does end up in a little bit of a tussle with uh the raging local raging Karen, uh Mrs. Yeah. Whittlecombe. Well, because what we haven't told you is that her oh, yeah. little sister has mental developmental like not delays but like issues. One of uh-huh. my favorite lines in the whole thing when she's talking about her sister, I'll get I'll get to it in just a sec. So she's shopping with her sister Daniela and she always feels like she has to protect Daniela from the world. And then mm-hmm. somebody immediately proves her right. She's like Lady Whistlecomb or something stupid. Mm-hmm. And this lady's like, I can't believe you brought her out of the house. Like, she is not fit for public consumption. Like, what are you doing? And Pauline is like, no, like, leave her alone. And Mrs. Whittlecomb says, basically, I don't know if I can shop here anymore because you let in people like her. And because she's terrible. Yeah, she's awful. So... She sends Daniela to go get some alum for pickling. I Googled it. It's for pickling in England times. I guess now, mm-hmm. too. And it's, It says that in the book, dearest. It does. Oh, okay. It does? That was a question. Oh, yes. That was, yes, a, that was an England times question. It does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud of you for doing the research that was already done for you. Oh, shoot. Tessadere is so you, sweet and thoughtful. And I just were, said, you are no. so ready for that Sherlock Holmes's badge. I, and just, <laughs> I totally You're did. Like, anyway, I'm so proud. I'm giving information to everybody that they don't go. know. Hmm. <laughs> You're so pretty. <laughs> I am exceptionally pretty today. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. So Danielle comes back and she's gotten double the amount that she needs to. And so she's like, okay, Daniela, um, it's a really easy thing to fix because, you know, she's really like worried that she's done something wrong because people always get mad at her when she does yeah. things wrong. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, hey, no worries. You can just go put like some of it back. And when she goes back, Mrs. Whittlecombe says more mean things. And then this is my favorite thing. It says, um, she says, of all the things that come, um, she says, of all the things that came a bit, Jesus, of all the things that came a bit more difficult to Daniela, pronouncing words that ended in consonants, subtracting numbers from greater than 10, why can't I read? <laughs> I was just like, I, I know where you're going. Like, this is this is a beautiful quote, but like, are you okay tonight? I don't think I am, but I didn't know anything was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me right now. Okay, listen. Here we go. <laughs> of all the things that came a bit more difficult to Daniela, <laughs> pronouncing words that ended in consonants, subtracting numbers from greater than 10... Cruelty seemed the hardest concept to grasp. What is so funny? Why are you still funny? Just you. I'm just, just, just I'm so proud of you for getting through that line. Shut up. Oh, boy. I'm definitely not a Daniela. Daniela wouldn't be laughing at her friend like this. No, she wouldn't because she's so sweet. And she really sweet. She's the best of nice. us. She is. She is. And like, remember how I had that secret freak out about that character that also you mean the not mean so to? secret freak out that you yeah. did 
share on all I over Patreon. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You remember that? I had a bit. Yeah. I had a bit more here because it's just like there's there's absolutely no reason to be cruel to the most vulnerable. No, you know? it absolutely like, but like, let's be real in this time. Absolutely. <sighs> this is like, it's honestly shocking that Mrs. Whittlefuck is yeah. the only one that we see on page being like that. I know. Well, and I'm so not, glad it was. Cause like, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. I, I've been a crying yeah. mess all week. I feel like it, I think it helps that Daniela spends very little time on page. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Which I think it benefits from because i think if you were going to write this not as a fantasy historical where people are wonderful outside of spindle cove because to be clear spindle clove spindle Cove. oh my god you're rubbing off on me (laughs) spindle cove people like all of those ladies are very kind wonderful sweet except for mrs whittlefuck right and it would have been a very different book if daniella had gone with her to London. Yeah, because this is like Jane Eyre times where all of, you know, you you take your people with mental health or developmental issues and you like lock them in an attic, even mm-hmm. though they might. If you don't send them to an the place on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So you're not wrong. Yeah. So yeah. after that, Daniela accidentally, when she's trying to fix it, she pours the alum into the sugar because they're both mm-hmm. white powders. Mm-hmm. And this to gets, be fair, yeah, I would have probably done that too. I mean, subtracting from numbers greater than ten, like solidarity, sister. That's hard <laughs> sometimes. I love you. <laughs> that's really <laughs> today. A lady asked me for my phone number, and I literally like closed one eye and looked off in the distance, and I said, "Good question." <laughs> and then I got it. <laughs> so maybe it has been all day. Now that I think oh about God. it, <laughs> I love these like live realizations that we have together, and bring me a lot of joy. Yeah. So then, yeah. Oh boy, fucking! I wish that I was somebody who was capable of doing like doing some (sighs) shit like this. Same. I I am way too conflict avoidant. Like that's okay. So that's not true. I am. I can stand up for other people a hell of a lot. Like I can go ask the person behind Mm. the counter Mm. for extra sauce for my friend, but I (laughs) cannot do it for myself. I would be able to stand up for Daniela, but I would never stand up for myself and I would shrink into a tiny ball of shame never to be seen again because I am so small in the corner of the (laughs) store. Leave me to die. Yeah, I hear that. I do think I have a hot take on this, though. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so what happens is after she ruins the sugar, they're like, she's like, I'll pay for it. And she has been, Sally has been kind enough to keep her money safe. And, like, there's a, a page in the ledger where it's basically, like, a, a bank account she keeps at this store. Mm-hmm. And she's been saving up because she needs to get away from her terrible, abusive father with Daniela. And she has dreams of opening her own shop and all this stuff. So there's, like, a year's worth of money socked away and in order to pay for the sugar, she has to use 90% of it. So 
can can I make my guess as to what your hot take is? Yeah, before please. you tell us the hot mm-hmm. take. Yeah, sure. Is the hot take that it's fucked up that she threw sugar all over the shop, all over her friends' humiliate- store? To humiliate this woman and get yeah. her revenge and then immediately leave without cleaning it up? Yeah, Mrs. Whittlefuck is not going to have to clean that up, ma'am. Your friend Sally yeah. has okay. to clean that up. <laughs> glad, glad that we're on the same page because like, because, I, f- I had forgotten that and I was like, yeah, really, Polly? Yeah. Well, especially because like these are probably just open containers stacked yes. against the wall you want to talk about a problem with alum getting in the sugar guess yeah. what now alum and sugar is in everything else i know i know because because what happens sorry listener is that mrs whittlefuck says something terrible again um and she and then she goes well you know what we all have problems right like i'm notoriously clumsy and then she just throws all of the sugar and alum all over Mrs. Whittlefuck. And so it gets all over her. It gets all over everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just like, wait for her outside, you know? I love the idea of a stealth, like, sugar alum bomb Yeah, whoopsie. Mrs. Whittlefuck. Yeah. Just come mm-hmm. around the corner. I forgot something. Oh, it's all over you now. Outside, where Sally mm-hmm. doesn't have to do a thing with well, it. Well, especially where there's more witnesses. Yes, also that. The humiliation. Mm. Anyway, that anyway, doesn't happen because but, she's late for work. Yeah, so she bustles off, and now we have Zippy Zapped back into Griff's point of view. This is a dual point of mm-hmm. view, third-person book. And Griff, we find out, is his intention in life is to end the Halford family line with him. Mm-hmm. And we don't find out why until very late in the book. Yeah. Um, but the Duchess... Wander and him, not wanders, saunters into the local tavern slash bar slash whatever. But it's really more of a tea shop. And (laughs) all of the ladies are obliterating books on etiquette written by some asshole. Yeah. And the Duchess basically says, take your pick of any girl in this room. And then, lo and behold... Pauline well, and then I'll turn her into a duchess. Yes. And Pauline comes stumbling in. Yeah. With straw in her hair. Hair and pin in her mouth. And alum all over her. Mm-hmm. And he looks at her mm-hmm. and says, I choose the muddy one. He doesn't actually it say says, that, but. It says her, period. I'll take her. And that's important because it mm-hmm. becomes like a, one of those tests of dare. I'm going to repeat it three times in poignant moments things mm-hmm. you know one of those patented i love you tessa dare i'm sending you all of the love in the world for hard times oh yeah absolutely so um, and and then and we're like a little bit in her point of view right now because he says i'll take her she's perfect and there's this moment where she's like oh, oh my god like this has never happened before she says something like after a lifetime of never being good enough for one man, her father, she's now hearing that she's perfect for someone From else. This beautiful oh yeah, man. he's hot. He's, oh, he's oh, a hot man. He, can I tell you one thing that I find amazing about this book? Yeah. The duke is um, under 6 feet tall. Yeah. It's nice. Love that. I love it. 
Yeah. Love a love a short romance hero, even though that's not short at all. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but in Romance Landia, that's, that's a pretty that's a pretty short, short do. Yeah. Then he looks at his mom and he's like, What, you can't turn her into a duchess? She's perfect. Mm-hmm. And the mom's mm-hmm. like, I didn't say you could pick her. And you said he's like any girl in the room. And she goes, She wasn't in the room. And he's like, take it or leave it, mother. Like, you can turn that girl into a duchess. Good luck. Yeah. And that's and when Pauline realizes, like, oh, no, I'm I'm perfectly wrong. I'm perfectly imperfect. Like, I'm coarse and common and crusty, basically. And then because Pauline is incredible, is she fucking leans in. She does. She's she calls like, her bluff. She does because she realizes that this these two gentry are playing some fucked up game. And yeah. guess what? Now she is playing to win. She's she playing starts them being now. Crass. She starts like saying all she sorts makes of her stuff. She's like worse. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna be a duchess. Did you ladies hear that? Uh-huh. Like she she's just going all in and she's like, I'll have to get you a, let's go home to my papa and you can talk to him. And well, and look at this. My favorite, my favorite is that he says, like, all right, mother, well, good luck. I'm sure, you know, you and Pauline need have things that you need to work out. Or he calls her Sims most of the book because her name is Pauline Sims. Mm-hmm. And you usually call servants by their last names or the name you give their job <laughs> like john I did coachman not make i did not make that connection why did you think he called her sims i, I, I just whimsy 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 <laughs> i just okay. i was just i was just whimsy okay I, well i think so i think part of it is that i've gotten really used to because i do voice to text for my notes mm-hmm. whichever name voice to text is more likely to hear properly i choose that it got pauline correct 99 percent of the time yeah but boy howdy sims was a struggle and so i said fuck that that yeah and and he's never halford i think i have in my notes halford is in here like maybe once or twice whereas it's just griff sometimes with an i sometimes with a y but it doesn't matter because (laughs) phonetically they're the same that's right so anyway, anyway, at one point he's like, I have to away to London now. But, you know, you guys can figure it out later. And, and especially because I'm sure Sims can't leave her post. And she's like, what? Oh, no, <laughs> I can absolutely leave my post. She takes off her apron Girl. and she's like, boss, man, um, I have to go because this this Duke has to ask him for my hand in marriage. Goodbye. <laughs> Melody, when you started talking about him hying off to London, I thought yeah. you were hellaciously skipping shit and i was like i was about to put down the hammer oh you i was were? like fucking melody are whip. you serious you just skipped like four chapters <laughs> of like important information what the fuck this is a whole new level i know but i but, didn't though well it was beautiful though because then they do get in that coach to go to her house and as they're driving she keeps like messing with the windows oh she's she's like doing this so obnoxious. she drops the window to when she sees a somebody she knows in the field and she's like jerry well so first she puts her thumb and forefinger in her mouth and whistles real loud and she's like jerry gerald willett look it's me pauline i'm going to be a duchess jer and like the duchess <laughs> is just like horrified 
what the fuck? Horrified. And in fact, Griff is also horrified. They are looking at each other like, I don't think either of <laughs> What have we done? <laughs> well, and he's so happy because his whole thing is this needs to be like not only a distraction for his mother, but it also mm-hmm. needs to teach her a lesson about meddling in his life. Yes. Without actually talking to her with words. So, oh, yeah, because why would they talk to each other with words? That's just yeah. silly. At one point, Pauline is like, she says something about like, oh, let's go, your grace. And then she goes, oh, actually, do you want I should call you mum? <laughs> the, the, the duchess? Like, <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful. So we're going to kind of just cruise through this, but... Yeah. We get to her house and it like she we meet the sad mom. We meet her dad, who's a fucking dickwad. And then he raises. Well, so if we get our like, let's be clear. The pining and the swooniness starts from get pretty much right? immediately. Yeah. Well, because he noticed in the bar that she's sparkling. She's a Twilight vampire because she is covered in all those sugar crystals. How did we, how is Twilight, how does Twilight, like, every single episode, I think. I'm sorry, bitch sparkles. I don't know yeah, what you want from me. I know, but like. Or her, it, I'm or pretty listener. Sure it definitely came up in Girl with Stars in Her Eyes. It comes Had up in have. all of our Patreon stuff. Yeah. It, it, it can't, didn't it come up in Hard Hitter somehow? Is it a, is it a universal reference, I wonder, now? I, I do think that it kind of like <laughs> yeah. I ha- I do have that thought because it comes up in a lot of books. I think it's just yeah. one of those things, kind of like how you know back in the gap, people would just reference nothing but fucking what it, like some other pop culture thing from like, the seventy and eighties that all of us are like. Oh, I more mean, modern than Byron. I know what I know what that is, but like in theory, but it's not a part of our like. What's that fancy, fabulous word? Lexicon? No. Zeitgeist? Yes. Yeah, the cultural zeitgeist. I love that word so much and I can never remember what it is. (laughs) So I just end up saying that fancy word about the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, I think it has. It has reached a point in the zeitgeist that it's Mm -hmm. it's like a, a really easy touchstone for so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so... He, he, the swoon starts yeah. with him admire like he realizes that she has terrible qualities for a duchess and a wife, but he still admires her and appreciates her because, like specifically for herself, and who he likes she her is smart mouth. Mm-hmm. He likes how brave she is, bold enough to bait a duke and his dragon of a mother. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. And then boy, boy, we we learned just how much of a piece of shit her father is because yeah. basically when he goes in to say, I would like to marry your daughter, her dad says, Well, you can't do that because I need her help around here unless you're gonna cover her wages. And basically he tells the Duke that he'll sell her to him for five pounds. And when the Duke was like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, okay, I guess I can come down and price a little bit to four pounds and ten shillings or some shit like that. Yeah. And it's fucked up. And then Griff witnesses mm-hmm. her father raise his hand to her and this bold from from five paces away. Yeah. This bold, fantastic, smart mouthed woman flinches. Yeah. And Griff's about ready to fucking murder somebody. Absolutely. Yes. 
And he's just like, he's not even a terrible father. Like, he's a terrible man. Like, he's not Period. a man. At, like, no. it's horrible. And so he's had enough. And he's like, mother, we're going back to town. Please get in the carriage. And he asks her for a word outside. And he says, listen, I want you to come to London with me. And I will pay you. I want to employ you to make hell for my mother and be like the worst, most societal catastrophe that you can possibly imagine. And in return, I will give you a thousand pounds and you will never have to rely on that man again. Mm -hmm. And she's like, like, it sounds so good and so perfect. But then she says, I can't. And he's like, this is the best deal in the in like the world. I don't understand. He says, I'm not trying to give you a fairy tale. This is a practical girl's fairy tale. Come in my fancy coach, live a life of luxury for a while and then get paid for it and be independently wealthy for the rest of your life. Like, you know, to her lowly common standards or whatever, because mm -hmm. that never really changes throughout the book. He, he's he's always a, a fucking duke, you know? God, Dukes can't change their stripes he's sometimes. such a fucking duke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, there is a scene where uh, it's pretty great that he's a duke and she's a common lowly serving girl. Listen, Tessa Dare makes the most of it. For sure. She does. Yeah. So she doesn't tell him why she can't leave, but then Daniela shows up. Yeah. And Daniela walks up and he she introduces Griff to Daniela mm -hmm. and he reacts. And she's waiting. Perfectly. No, wait. But wait, first, she's like waiting. She's all of her sphincters are clenched. And she just knows that he's gonna have the same terrible, awful reaction. Of some variation, because she says, like, it's either that people are purposefully mean and terrible. Do you have a quote? Mm -hmm. OK, go. Most likely the Duke would curl his lip in disgust or turn his gaze and pretend she didn't exist. Perhaps he would sneer or shudder and that would give Pauline just the surge of anger she needed to send him away. But he didn't do any of those things. Mm. He spoke in a completely unaffected, matter of fact tone. Miss Daniela? A pleasure. And as Pauline watched, the Duke, God, God above, a bloody Duke, lifted her sister's hands to his lips and kissed it. Lord help her. For the briefest of instants, Pauline tumbled headlong in love with the man. Never mind his promise of a thousand pounds. He could have had her soul for a shilling. Yeah. And the other thing that I liked about that, I think it was earlier is like even if people aren't outright mean, they might treat her like a toddler or a puppy or something. Yeah. When she's just a she's just a woman. She's just a full grown woman, god damn it. Yeah. But yeah, he kisses her hand and she she's trying Treats to keep her, her defenses up. Like a like he would a lady. Yeah. And she tries to keep her defenses up by being like, Oh, you didn't kiss my hand. And I don't know, it's really it's really cute and, and sweet and wonderful. Well, hang on. Just because this comes up, he, he, the reason he doesn't kiss well, her the, hand. We didn't she, tell them what the dad said. Yeah. So the dad basically was like, I can't give her up because I have a horse that's about to fall. Mm -hmm. And look at this tiny arm. It can reach all the way up to the womb. And yep. like shows it. And then he, the 
Duke. She's like, but you didn't kiss my hand. And he says, of course not. I know where it's been. (laughs) There's just this book. If you like a laugh out loud, just delightful historical. Mm -hmm. Tessa Dare. Like, absolutely. I cannot recommend Tessa Dare highly enough because I was laughing. Half of my fucking notes in this is quote that had me laughing about blank. Uh But anyway. So he says, she's the reason that you don't want to go, right? And finally, they come to the agreement that she will come for one week because that's something that Daniela can process without thinking that she's going to be leaving forever or like it's an indeterminate amount of time because they have a ritual every Saturday. So they have something that they do on Saturdays. And if she's back for that and then there for church the next day, then Daniela will be like, "Okay, there is the end point. I'm That's just going to say what the ritual is real quick because there is a scene at the end of the book that had me swooning so hard that I could have collapsed onto my floor and broken oh, all of my please. bones. Yeah. Because the ritual is that she gives Daniela a penny mm-hmm. every week for collecting the eggs and helping her mom. Mm-hmm. And then she, leave, she leaves the penny the next day at church as a tithe. So that's mm-hmm. the ritual. She needs to be back to give Daniela her penny. Right. Well... She owes Daniela the penny for that day. And uh-huh. she's like, give me give me a penny because she tells Daniela that she's leaving, but she'll be back next Saturday. Mm-hmm. But she asks him for a penny and he gives her a sovereign it's because a gold it's one. the smallest, smallest money that he has. Uh-huh. And she's like, Dukes and their problems. Yeah. <laughs> like she says that multiple times throughout the book. Mm-hmm. And when she gets back, Daniela's crying. Because yeah. she doesn't want her to go. They've never been separated. They've never slept alone from each other. Right. And she gives her the sovereign and says, I will be back Saturday with your penny. Mm-hmm. And she leaves. Yeah. They're on to London. And immediately the Duchess is giving her uh-huh. etiquette lessons. It is and, so and like the funny. history of the family. Duchesses don't blink. They don't mm-hmm. curse. They don't talk about their innards. They, they don't talk they about don't, feelings. They, they can yeah. feel them, but they're not ruled by them, and nobody's allowed to know that they have them. And Pauline's like, wait a second. So it's more uncouth to like sit together and talk about love within a marriage or whatever than like anything else? And the Duchess is like, yeah, definitely. We're not going to talk about that ish. And she yeah. tries to bait the Duchess into cursing. A couple of times. And she's like, she's like, so duchesses wouldn't even curse if you like stub your toe. The duchess is like, no. She's like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And then she's like, not even when impertinent little farm. Yep. Go. Quote. A duchess might contemplate all manner of cutting remarks and frustrated oaths. But even in the face of extreme annoyance, she stifles any such ejaculations. My, Miss Sims said, wide-eyed, I do hope dukes aren't held to the same standard. Can't be healthy for a man always stifling his ejaculations. (laughs) And Griff straight up (laughs) breaks a rule, puts his elbows on the table, and, like, tries to desperately cover his hysterical laughter with a cough. Uh And it's cute because it's the first time he's laughed in, like, months. Right. And And we find that out from his perspective. And then... Mm -hmm. From her perspective, she's like, gosh, darn it. I I almost had him laughing. That was my goal. But more importantly, from his perspective, 
this is the first time yeah, that catch he's her, tempted catch, to kiss, kiss her. Yeah. Because <gasps> like we said, the yearning starts from git. Yeah, they've both identified each other as a sexy human. And that's really exciting. So then at some point they're going through the dinner. The mom is like drilling her in dictation to fix her her accent. They're my fair ladying her. Yeah, the rain in Spain, you know, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then she sees Daniela's favorite dessert. Blancmange. And she's just like, I can't. Like, I, I got to go. Maybe I'll just walk home. She gets up and leaves the table because she's going to cry. And the Duke goes to get her and is, like, with her in a stairwell. And he's asking her what's going on. And she says, I'm, I'm just a little homesick. Worried about my sister. Mm-hmm. And then she can feel that, like, he's about to kiss her. And she mm-hmm. wants him to, but also she's terrified of it because what does that mean? And so she's just, like, going to stay very still and, like, see if it happens. Mm-hmm. But he shakes himself and he's like, Good- goodbye. Tell my mother that I'm riding to London by myself tonight. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, boy. Turns out uh, Griff had to get the fuck out of Dodge because he was too horny to function. He could not keep his horny in check. He was fully prepared to just mack her in that hallway. Yeah. <laughs> he's driving or he's riding a horse later. And there's a quote. <laughs> he should have known it would be coming the day when his neglected cock did perk <laughs> with interest. Rise up and wave in a jaunty, ho there, remember me? <laughs> <laughs> and I was fucking dying. But then it gets well, real sad real fast. Because he's been celibate for months. Like the huh? better part of a year, uh-huh. he's been celibate. Mm-hmm. And he has decided that not only is the Halford line going to die with him, but like he's not having penetrative sex anymore or any dalliances with women because Ever it's again. too dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's something that could destroy him. Well, and so he decides to take a detour on his way back to London, and we don't know what's happening at this point, but he stops at a cemetery and spends time with a simple grave marker in just agonizing emotional pain, and he literally says in his mind, this is what happens when I indulge my desires. Right. And then we're in London. And it's yep. the next day, and the Duchess and Pauline have made it to their gigormous house. Mm-hmm. And she immediately crashes and goes to sleep in this That's giant a fucking bed. Mood. Yeah, they literally rode all night. They stopped for yeah. dinner and then got back in the fucking carriage. Yeah, and so she crashes and then wakes up in the middle of the night and is like. Oh no, I I don't know what I'm I can't go back to sleep, so I'm gonna go find the library. Mm-hmm. She gets up, but she's like, I really wanted to leave breadcrumbs for myself or like, you know, a string, like the like okay. the Minotaur's now, have labyrinth. You, have you ever been in a house so big that you could get lost? No. Okay. I have been in multiple houses that are big enough to get lost in. Fancy. And I have legit well, you know, horse people in Southern California. That's fair. And like <laughs> I remember one time I was young. I was like 
under 10, right? And I was at this place and I could not find the party. I went oh, to no. use the bathroom and then I just couldn't find anybody after that. I was like, I couldn't hear them because the house was really good. Like it was a, it, mm-hmm. like, I was like, I was like, I think, I'm lost. I, I think I live here now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happened so, like, to her. She's like, I think it was She's a like, left. I don't know. I, like she needs that it, labyrinth of the Minotaur string. Yeah. And he comes out of a room that, and then he locks it really quick. And he's like, Sims, what are you doing out and about at this time of night? Are you trying to pilfer something? And she's like, what? No, absolutely not. And he's like, well, then you need to tell me what you're doing because there is no other way I'll believe you. And she's like, I'm looking for the library. And he says, oh, (laughs) hilarious. A poor serving girl like you would want to go to a library is his implication. And she's like, I'm not I don't want to tell you why, because you're going to laugh at me. And he says, how about I promise to try very hard not to laugh? (laughs) That's such a mood, though. (laughs) That's me, too. Whenever somebody's like, "You, you can't laugh. I'm like, I will. I will do my damnedest. My best. Mm -hmm. And she says that she wants to open and own a circulating library in Spindle Cove because a lot of the vacationing women want things to read. Mm -hmm. And the only thing they currently have is that fucking etiquette book that everybody hates. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, do you believe me now? And he is standing there being like, the depths of this woman know no bounds. And I do believe you. And I'm really mad about it. And so I will show you to the library myself. <laughs> and then they go to the library and we have a scene where he wants to plow those depths because wow. she's in her night rail and uh, we a don't know what's underneath that yet. Yeah. And Which, basically listener, just a, a robe. That's a blanket. It's a duvet. She was going down to the library in a blanket? Yeah, in her in her chemise and a blanket. I that's better. That's even better. She mm-hmm. climbed a ladder with that initially. Yeah. So they get into the library and she's asking him about all of these things and he she, it sits down and starts fiddling with a clock cuz he wants something to do with his hands and she climbs up the ladder and mm-hmm. is looking at books and he keeps noticing how lovely she is as her hair is like cuz she keeps tilting her head to the side to read mm-hmm. titles and, and it's all of these things. in the moonlight and then her blankie falls yeah she and drops her blanket the her counterpane illuminates her through her thin thin worn chemise and he can see everything. everything he's like it's been washed and mended and so many times that it's literally see-through mm-hmm. and like he says like if she doesn't know why i'm staring and i don't tell her then i just get <laughs> to keep staring mm-hmm. well then This quote just kills me. Mm -hmm. Then he positioned the dismantled clock like a shield, blocking her from his view. Behind it, he briefly rolled his eyes heavenward. Someone up there had better be adding a hash mark to his good deeds tally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Perhaps now his lifetime total came to five or six. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then she gets the great idea to have naughty books. Yeah. In her circulating library, because she knows that shit's going to go like 
hotcakes. Mm-hmm. And oh, and, and I love he's this because who, he he thought of it, or he like tells her about it, but he's like, I'm not gonna tell you where they are in the library. Like that would be irresponsible or whatever. And well, because like, he realizes that torrid novels and radical pamphlets would do a brisk business in such a place. And in making the inadvertent suggestion, he'd now be responsible for debauching by proxy an entire <laughs> village of spinsters. This surely represented some sort of zenith or nadir of his life. <laughs> I love the idea of debauching an entire, like debauching by, by proxy. proxy. Mm-hmm. A whole city of like town of Spencer's. I like it. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I really loved the part because earlier she had the thought like, oh, my God, he thinks I'm perfect. But now she says, oh, my gosh, your grace, you're a genius. That's a great oh, idea. And he's is like, that when this happens. Yes. And he's like, oh, oh, it feels really good when somebody validates my intellect and says a nice thing about me. Oh, wow. That's not a thing that happens normally. And then as they're like, they, they're talking about books. She's talking about how she loves poetry. She recites some poetry mm. for him because she had to memorize it because she couldn't take the book home. And then he's like, okay, well, you know, they're talking and she's about to get off the ladder and he's about to say, watch out because the last rung is blah, blah, blah. But she starts to trip and fall. I love a Tessa Dare trip and fall. I do. I do, too. It is a thing. It is a thing. And he fucking parkours across that whole damn library. He he's launching over, over a couch. He's mm-hmm. going, he's doing backflips over coffee tables. And then guess what? Backflips. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Backflips. Yeah. He's springing from his hands. Yeah. And, and then he catches flipping her. Flipping all over. Oh boy. And now her nipples that are just as sweetly <gasps> aggressive as she is are touching yeah. his chest and he can feel it. And oh he's, boy. oh boy. He's got a, he's got a tingling in his nethers. Yeah. And then as they're they're talking more and more and she's like, oh, wow, thank you for saving me. It's so it's so like honorable of you. And he's like, I don't have an honorable bone in my body. And then after a minute, she kisses what? So. Oh, wait, no, it is after they kiss. But as they're kissing. Yeah. We get this is the first time that this comes up. And okay, he feels something beyond just lust and it feels a lot like his heart saying her i'll take her yes mm-hmm. holy fuck balls and so then he's like oh my gosh that shouldn't have happened and she shrivels into a husk and she's like yeah it it's no big deal it's just a kiss and like it wasn't even special anyway so doesn't really even matter And he's like, not special. Like, she didn't get what? And he's like, well, it wasn't even a real kiss. If I were to actually kiss you. This is one of my favorite tropes in a fucking romance where the fucking hero or the heroine or what one of the MCs is like, I mean, it really was like, it's fine. It wasn't that it it wasn't a life changing kiss. And then the other person is like, 
Well, that's because you, I, I challenge accepted. I didn't intend to give you a life changing kiss, uh, and then uh, I'm, uh, and then they do, and guess what? Griff does, and wow, it's like a four she, page qu- kiss question mark. And like this is the, <laughs> she comments about how this is the first time because he says. That you'll experience, and he's like, he's trying to think of a synonym for raging cock stand. And he's like, flutterings. You'll experience Mm -hmm. flutterings. And she says, flutterings? I don't know. I've never had that before. Do you think that's only something ladies get and not common women? that's later. That's when the England Times. Absolutely not. Google it. Take the time. Look at it. Google it. It's this scene. <laughs> Check it out. I already look smug, listener. I can see myself on the screen. And I look very smug. Oh, hmm. She's nodding. Her lips are in a line. There's a bit of a bit of a you are correct. amused smile. You are, you are correct. Yeah. It is where she, she mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The first time I listened to that, I was taking Xiaomei to Wawa to get her a slushie. Okay, I know what scene it's in. It's Wawa. <laughs> Oh, Wawa's a a Eastern Seaboard gas station convenience store extravaganza. Oh, because yeah. when you said Wawa, my first thought was Walmart, and I was like, they sell no slushies. No, it's not Baby confused. Talk. It's a business name. Okay. okay, I don't Baby Talk with my kids or really anybody. Well, weird, good. right? I know. Guess right? what? Guess what? Half of the things that I say that I said on podcast or somebody else said on podcast is hella uh, modified. So like you very well could have not baby talked to your child, but then baby oh, talked fair. to me. Mm, that would be a, a choice. That would be a weird thing to do. I do it all the time. You, you on baby talk to me? Not like no, like I'm like, oh, Melody, we're going to Wawa. Yeah. No, it's like, but I do use terms that like. Oh, like silly terms. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Anyway. No. Yeah, I I was walking. I was holding oh her my hand God, in Mel. that gas station. My what? notes say when they stopped kissing, huh. she she's basically like, well, glad we did that. Don't have to do it again. The kiss was fine. He tells her that she can't judge it based on that kiss because any kiss he actually gave her would cause flutterings oh. and an inability to sleep. <laughs> she says she's never suffered flutterings and now he's kissing her. And then afterward, um, and as she kisses him or he kisses her, she goes, oh, that's what a fluttering is. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. to be clear, listener, she's not a like she's been kissed before. She's not a virgin. Like, right. But she has had the experience many of us have had in life. Yeah. Where it's just lame. Where you, lame think that se- you think that sex is terrible because you've just had bad sex your whole life. <laughs> um, but yeah, she also so, she says that this is the first time she's ever felt wanted and desired. Right. Oh, boy. And then Griff fucks it all up because <laughs> when they break the kiss, he calls her the help, essentially. No, literally. <laughs> he says, he says, I shouldn't have done that as your employer. Yes. And then he says, I don't want you to get the idea that I do this with the help. Mm, that's that's bad. Well, <laughs> then her thoughts are, why did men have to ruin everything? Yeah. The answer was simple, she supposed, because foolish women gave them the chance. 
<laughs> and I was like, damn. All right, we're fucking going there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so she reassures him. She's like, because now she's hurt. And yeah. she is like, well, don't worry. That kiss was good, but it wasn't enough to make me expect marriage at the end of the week. She's lying through her teeth, listener. Absolutely. But uh, it's fine. So She says it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And then he says, oh, my God, you just did a hard G at the end of that word. Mm-hmm. It's not nothing or nothing. It was nothing. And she's like, what? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? No, it wasn't. And then she says it again. And she's like, oh, oh, my God. Ah. And then she says... Your mom did say that diction is all about dexterous tongues, so that kiss must have helped. (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So we zippy zap to the next day. Oh, my God. And Pauline is being dressed up like a little doll by the Duchess and her lady's maid. By her French lady's maid. Mm -hmm. Very important. Mm -hmm. French lady's maid. Lore, who is very quiet and doesn't and snooty. speak much and snooty mm-hmm. and mysterious. Mm-hmm. And the Duchess basically co- confides in Pauline about there's a locked room that must be perverse because nobody's allowed in there except for the help. And this was so... No, no, no nobody's no, allowed not in there. The help. That's what I meant to say is nobody's allowed in there even Not even the to help. dust. Yeah. And this was so sad to me and she makes this point multiple times but she's like they might be privileged financially but this at dinner the night before or some went on the road the duchess was like you need to have some phlegm and she Mm -hmm. says well I learned how to spit with the boys so like it's totally cool I can hock a loogie you just gotta start way back at your throat (laughs) she's like no not that kind of phlegm you have to be unflappable and not show your emotion and all of that. That's that bit. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, they might be privileged financially, but they're in like an emotional cage because of yeah. their phlegm. And this was oh. one of those times because the Duchess was like, all right, I'm going to do something that I never do. I am going to talk to you about my son. And she's like, mm-hmm. what? And the Duchess is like, well, I can't talk to my peers, and I can't talk to the help, and I can't talk to anyone, but I'm going to talk to you because we need to be a team in this endeavor this week. We need to make you a Duchess. And the biggest reason is because she really wants grandchildren. She has too much affection. More specifically, She's been knitting the (laughs) ugliest, most heinous things that you're not sure if it's a sleeve or a hat or maybe a sock. Could it be a scarf? Is it a fucked up turtleneck Uh with no sleeves? Like the ugliest things that are so full of love. Oh. And And she's like, it's compulsive. I can't stop (laughs) making these awful things. And it's because I I have to put this loving energy into something. And I think that should be grandchildren. And Pauline is like, I really need you to manage your expectations. And finally, because she's gotten to really like the Duchess at this point, she's like, I need to level with you. He's paying me. He's paying me to make this miserable and be the worst and embarrass everyone in society And the Duchess is like, that's what he told you because that's what he's telling himself. Mm -hmm. But it's not true. 
Yeah. And she tells Pauline to keep her eye on the prize because yeah. she whips out a necklace that is worth 10,000 pounds, uh-huh. which is extensive compared to the paltry 1,000 right. that Griff is offering. So then, of course, Pauline and the Duchess is like, I am well aware that the Duke is fascinated by you and that right. you are infatuated with him. And Pauline's like, what? No, you're crazy. The Duke fucking has no, n- no interest in me whatsoever. And the Duchess is like, we're going to do a test. Mm-hmm. little experiment, if you will. And so they go downstairs and the Duke is fencing with his douchebag best friend. Yep. Del, 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 Delacour? Delacour. Delacour? What? No. Delacour. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Delacour. Um, From here on out, I will be exclusively referring to him as douche nozzle. Yeah, that's good. So they're fencing, and then he happens to look over and spot her, and Delacour, douche nozzle, gets Slices him in the arm. And he's he's like, you stop defending. And the Duchess just says, I would say that was a successful experiment. And I'm like, maiming your son is a successful experiment. All right, girl. Like, she's no holds Mm -hmm. barred for this Duchess. Yeah, absolutely. Now he is like, oh, fuck. This is not good. My affliction (laughs) of liking her is only getting worse. Mm-hmm. And then they have to go to a party that night. So the Duchess has to take her to a modiste. Mm-hmm. And while they're, after they're do all the modiste stuff to get her a wardrobe, she goes over and she tries to go into a bookstore oh. just to like do a little market research and figure out how much books cost and, you know, look at how it's done and all of that. Because that's her plan for the thousand pounds is to buy a yeah. bunch of books and then have enough left over that she and her sister can live comfortably. Well, and she can also like, you know, do the first two months of rent or whatever you, you know, have to do in the space. Mm -hmm. And so she goes into this place and looks around for a bit. And then the clerk comes out and is like, what are you doing? Get out of here. And she's like, oh, no, I'm I'm the companion to the Duchess of Schmergelhard. And so I can be anywhere, I think. But she says it in her common accent. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, yeah. And I just fucked the Queen of Sheba. And I'm going to get a broom. And I'm going to chase you out of here like the vermin you are unless you leave. Yeah. And so she's and oh, specifically, humiliated. He yeah. says, that's not for you, girl. Yes. And it flashes back. To um, a person, God, mm-hmm. who could it have been that told her that in her past? Yeah. And oof. Oof. And so obviously she, it's her fucking dick of a father. Yeah. It's it's the you know, one of the one of the pillars of her daddy issues is mm-hmm. him looking at her trying to read a book and being like, that's not for you. Okay. Yeah. Can I tell you? So we're talking about dukes and their issues, right? And how it's yeah. like nothing compared to whatever. I am having I always I'd never notice it except when you and I are fucking recording. I have what? the most first world issue. 
So I have a smart thermostat. Okay. Okay. I cool my house at night to a temperature that is comfortable to sleep under like four blankets year round because okay. I, sh- I like the weight and it makes me feel safe and cozy and I love it. Okay. And every fucking time you and I record, <laughs> right around 8 p.m., mm-hmm. I notice that I start to get cold. And it's because my thermostat is starting to pre-cool my house for bedtime because usually uh-huh. I go to bed at 930, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I it's time to start cooling down the house. And I end up in a fucking fight. And I, I don't want to turn it off because I like that on nights when I'm not recording, right? Right. But on nights that I'm recording, if I'm looking at my phone, it's because I feel a chill and I'll <laughs> turn on my phone to look at my fucking what my thermostat is doing. Mm-hmm. And it's always set to cool my house. It's and sending I'm like, you a polar vortex. And I'm like, no, don't even play with me. And <laughs> I go in and I'm like, no. And so I sorry, I just beat the shit out of my microphone because I'm. <laughs> First world problemming over here. <laughs> and then I have to go change it and be like, no, I mm-hmm. want it to be warm. And so then it'll be fine for a little while. It'll be fine for usually about five, 10 to 15 minutes. Wait, it it keeps, and then it I, persists. And then, I, and then I feel a chill and I go to look. <laughs> and that it's like diligent. It's thermostat. Look it, at it go. It's, it's doing its best. It's doing exactly what I ask it to do. Like it's like it. it th- th- I'm the asshole here. I'm the one who has, <laughs> who has said every night I want you to do blank, but mm-hmm. not, but not every, today. Every, not 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 today. But the problem is I can't just turn it off. Like if I could just turn off that aspect, I would. But I don't want to delete the whole day and have to fucking put it back that way again and so that's the i just i just felt like i needed to share that with you because thank you for getting that off your chest i every fucking time we record and like (laughs) if you go look at old videos you can probably notice it because what happens is i'm talking to you i'm looking at my notes and then i Mm -hmm. like look down for a little while and it's me changing my fucking thermostat just fighting with it again it's like (laughs) oh it's so fucking first world problem (laughs) i didn't even have a thermostat in most of the places i've lived in my life because we didn't have central heat and air (laughs) and so i am spoiled and i'm aware of it but my god google nest (laughs) i need you to fucking chill out yeah or or stop chilling out (laughs) yeah (laughs) yep anyway I need you to warm in. So anyway, uh, it's time for the ball. (laughs) I just remembered one thing. Mm -hmm. And that is that in the library, she was talking about how good she was going to be at being impertinent the next day. And she was like, I'm, you know what, to start, I'm not even going to curtsy on my way out of this room right now. (gasps) I made a note of that for you. Yeah. He looks at her and he says, well, if you really want to go all the way, you could just start calling me Griff. And she goes really griff and then he's like i have made a huge mistake i didn't know how much i would love my christian name coming out of her mouth Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i'm not okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. so the duke said she could use his christian name 
Mm-hmm. Big, big swoon. But now we're at the ball. And we meet. Wait. We are what? not at the ball. Aren't She's we, coming though? down the stairs and she is fantasizing about Griff being yeah. down there and thinking she is so lovely that he can't help but to be stunned by her. Uh-huh. And then he, and telling her that she's perfect and taking her hand and kissing it. So she's at a point where she is now fantasizing and he is not there. He's late. And then mm-hmm. they he just d- barely gives her a look. And then uh-huh. they're at the ball. And so now she is like, oh, fuck. We're an hour and 13 minutes in. Time to motor. <laughs> So now mm. we're at the ball. I get it. I get it. Let's fucking motor, my friend. I did not realize how long it had been so far. I know, right? <laughs> okay. So they go to the ball and they meet three assholes. And so they're introducing her and she tries to say, it's great. Thank you, Tessa Dare, because their name is Hoffel, but she, but she can't, can't say-, say H's. And so she's like, oh, hello, Miss Awful. Mrs. Awful. <laughs> and they're like, they get really, really mad. Yeah, they're real pissed off about it. And then he basically grabs her because she slips on some wax. Yeah. And now then he's caught. So they go to dance uh-huh. to try and make their way to the balcony to get out to the mm-hmm. gardens because they cannot detach inside of the ballroom. So now they're going out into the gardens, which is basically the biggest fucking flag that says, I'm about to go rail the shit out of this woman. I haven't left her side all night. we're about to hockey each other. Yeah. Like, she's ruined. I don't Mm -hmm. even, we don't don't even have to be out of sight and she's ruined because it's clear we're going to the gardens. And so they do go out there. They spend a lot of time trying to extricating themselves in different pretzel ways. Uh Uh-huh. And then she says, oh, look, we did it. We're free of each other. And he says, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that. And he Mm -hmm. grabs her face and he kisses the ever-loving hell out of her. Mm -hmm. And it's hot. But then he does that thing where he's like, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have done that. Once again, just to remind you, I am your employer. God. Because I was just like, why are you like that? Because, like, it's such a hot kiss. All of the kisses are so hot and perfect so and wonderful. Hot. And then he backs up and he's like, I'm about to be a righteous dick. Yeah. I'm about to so, accidentally put you back in your place. Yeah. So they zippy zap after kissing. And it's the next morning. And the Duchess is delighted because there's an article because in the Prattler. Because the fucking Duke and Miss Sims were seen going into the garden, out there for a while, and then come back with a messed up cravat. Yeah. Like, the Duchess is so fucking happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So, then there is a really sweet moment where Pauline realizes that she really likes the Duchess, and the Duchess tells her that she believes in her. Yeah. Oh. And she says, like, I've never had a kind of feminine influence that's not only inspiring, but demands that I try. Like, she well, believes yeah, in me. Well, yeah, because her mother has been broken down yeah. to a shell of a, herself yeah. because her fucking father. Yeah. So yeah, it's really sad. Then Griff wakes up 
He comes downstairs and it's like a tornado of hobbies has taken over the entire house. He finally finds them in a room and it's super cute because all of the servants are there to watch and she's doing the only musical talent that she has, which she learned as a barmaid playing with Mm. glasses and playing music on glasses by like tapping and doing the- She does a big Miss Congeniality (laughs) is what she does. Miss Congeniality doesn't have a talent. Sandra Bullock in that movie for Miss America doesn't have a talent. And so she plays the water glasses with her fingers. That's a it's fantastic. I understood. Yep. Yeah. It's great. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. I hope you were with me. Mm -hmm. And so then he's like, she's so cute. Not only the Mm -hmm. way that like, you know, she's she's concentrating, but then the way that her face changes in consternation when she accidentally hits a wrong note or whatever. And like all of the servants are there and they're all riveted. Mm-hmm. And she'll stop a she stops a song and they like they they clap for her really hard and they're like, oh my God. And then he decides that it's either fall to his feet in front of her, or fall to his knees in front of her, or be a righteous that's an, asshole. That's an- image that I really love. Yeah, right. Falling yeah. to your feet. I really mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cat-like. So, and so he decides to be a righteous asshole. Oh, God. And, and he, he hurts her feelings claps so hard. Her. He slow claps her, and then he's like, do you juggle tankards, too? And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I have to go and collect all of myself. Fry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's beautiful because when she runs out, the servants all look at him stone-faced. And oh, he's yeah. like, really? Like, I, you've been my employees for years. And she's been here. Like, I have give, I treat you so good. Yeah. And she's already got you wrapped around her finger. And they're all just stone-faced. And he's like, uh-huh. Get back to work. Because now he, because he feels bad. Actually, he says, aren't you servants? Go and serve. Oh, yeah. When the you're still trapped. Thing is really, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so then he's like, all right, mom, you're not going to ambush me with, with, you know, makeovers and how hot she is again. So I'm, I'm going to stick to your side like glue. Tell me what we're doing today. I'm going to make sure that I'm there so I'm prepared. And she says, <laughs> well, I'm not doing any lessons because we're going to the children's hospital. Or the Foundlings Hospital, an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'd love for you to come. You should be coming already. Because his mm-hmm. their family like founded it and have been have been financially supporting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for years. Mm-hmm. And she goes every Tuesday. And that's how she's been getting rid of her terrible knitting mm-hmm. creations. Because like these children don't have anything, but this is made with so much love. And, and it's so warm. It's, they all, it's autumn. They all get there, and there is a little boy wearing one of her ugly sleeve turtleneck Not hats. sock hat yeah. tube. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and Griff mm-hmm. goes, what the hell is that on that child's head? <laughs> and then trades it, his hat, yeah. for that little boy's ugly thing. And he's like... This is going in the trash. Like, you need to have some pride in yourself, son. Like, and this place should have better standards. There are no standards whatsoever, he says. Oh, my God. Griff, you are batting a thousand for 
bullheaded fucked upness today. Yeah, no, seriously. Especially because the mom has a fucking big old travel sack with her (laughs) full of more ugly sleeve turtleneck hat sock tubes. And like amoeba blankets and stuff. Yeah, made with so much love. It's like that scarf I showed you. Remember yeah. that scarf I uh-huh. showed you? That I made I have... the yellow one? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have dreams about it still? Nightmares? I don't. No. <laughs> Good. No. I'm glad. No, I don't even think about it because what you do now is so beautiful. Thank you so much. I should show listener what my, what my foray back into crocheting mm-hmm. started mm-hmm. like. Anyway. It looks like, it, it looks like um, a... It looks like a lumpy worm. It looked well. I was gonna say it looks like a worm and a sound wave and uh, scrunched like a, like you know how you can like squeeze a rice sock and it yes. ends up weird. It looks like a, it does. A, a, yes. a beautiful love child of the yeah. three of those things, and you yeah. know what. Whoever gets that scarf is going to be so lucky because it's made with so much love. It's made with so much love. Like, I will be the first to say I love an ugly present because it means that this person, even though they're not good at whatever it is that they wanted to give me, love me they put enough. so much effort into to it. it. An ugly thing is way more effort than a hours beautiful and thing. Hours. Yeah. Hours and hours. Like my first knitting projects, if you got one of those, mm-hmm. that is I I could make a blanket now in the time it took me to make that ugly, <laughs> ugly cowl. Yeah. This year I meant to make Mama Chen a lap blanket. And mm-hmm. then I did accidentally end up making her a a quilt duvet size blanket that is mm-hmm. so big and the the yarn is so thick that it's basically a weighted blanket. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. I love that. I just couldn't so, stop compulsively crocheting. Ugh. Yeah, it's fair. It's so hard to judge how long wide something's going to be and then all of a sudden <laughs> you have a fucking uh-huh. monster. I have a project like that right now. It's supposed to be a like normal size like lap blanket lap mm-hmm. gan and mm-hmm. it is it is the size of a it's gonna it would cover a easily a large like one of those full twin like yeah twin, like a full like a full set yeah it yeah anyway so they get there blah blah we're gonna kind of zippy zap through because what happens is they're there and there's a baby crying and griff hears it and he, he goes blank. He freaks out. Mm-hmm. And he runs out. And Pauline runs after him because she's concerned about him. And on their way out, they see that little boy again. Right. And his hat is gone. And they're like, what happened to your hat? And he's and got he's a black like, eye. Yeah. And they're like, what happened to you? And he says that the older boys bullied him and stole it. And then Pauline is like, look at that, Griff. You could teach him how to fight. Yeah. Which... Boy, that is what a what an England Times thing to say. Oh, yep, what an England Times things to say. <laughs> and she, he says, no, he's not going to teach the boy to fight. And so Pauline reels back and punches him in the stomach uh-huh. and looks to Hubert, 
which is the little boy's name. Right. And tells him, if he won't teach you to fight, I will. Uh-huh. And then she puts up her, her, her hands in a fighty stance. Mm-hmm. And she's like, fight me, Griff. And then I he says something awful you. to her, right? Yes. There was one line that really fucked me up where he says, you know very well I can't hurt a woman. And she says, oh, please, you are entirely capable of hurting a woman. Expert at it, I'd guess. And that's Uh when he realizes that he really hurt her feelings earlier. He really fucked up. Yeah. And then he says, ah, now I see. You don't want to hear that you're the equal of ladies. You want to hear that you're there better. I'm supposed to deem your little water goblet tune more enchanting than any Italian aria. Proclaim your wholesome country manners a breath of fresh air in my sin-clouded life. What else? Perhaps you're hoping to hear that your purity is the most intoxicating and rare of perfumes. Your hair smells like hedgerows and your eyes are like chips of wide open sky and God above you make me feel things. Things I haven't felt in years. Or ever. With his free hand, he clutched his chest dramatically. What is this strange stirring in my breast? Mm. Could it possibly be love? Because he's an asshole. So she punches him in the face. Yep. And it's great. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then she looks back at Hubert and she goes on this fantastic diatribe. And it is too long to quote the fucking thing. But she's basically like chicks, baby chicks are the cutest things in the entire world. And they look so fluffy and cute, but they will peck their brothers to death. And like the biggest one pecks the littler ones and all the way down. And there's always a pecking order. And so you have to, you have to protect yourself. Yes, that is that is where the phrase pecking order was derived. <laughs> Listener, look how pretty Sabrina is now. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, isn't that fun? I was 29 and 363 <laughs> days old when I learned where pecking order came from. Mm-hmm. Hey, have you checked your P.O. box lately? Speaking of 363 By the days. Way, Yes, I checked it oh, today. I got the stickers. Mel sent me oh, yeah. all of our new stickers. It's my little yeah. happy birthday, and it makes me so happy. And I am painfully unable to use stickers because I'm constantly terrified that I will second guess where I put them, and then I can never put them someplace else. So <laughs> I do, in fact. Well, you can use these ones because I can just send you more. Oh. I has so many. <laughs> That's brilliant. Or I yeah. could put it. You know how people, you know how some people have stickers on their water bottle. They put them on their notebooks, their Kindles, all of these things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. As you show me yours. Uh-huh. Um, this is my water bottle. It's completely blank and empty. Um. Well, <laughs> I have had... You know how they make those like play like trading card organizers and things with sleeves and things like that. I've had one of those in my Amazon cart for probably a year because I have been super close to purchasing one to put all four stickers stickers in, but not stuck on anything. Ma'am, so that I can put them on your water bottle. 
No, I will not. I lose my water bottle too often. And this is a $20 water bottle from Walmart because they always have this exact color and I'm a creature of habit and it's my emotional support water bottle. And it would destroy me if my emotional support water bottle had stickers on it. And then I lost that water bottle. Mm-hmm. And then this you had way, to try to replace both the stickers and the water way, bottle. But then they still wouldn't be in the same place. You could put so, them on your embroidery caboodle. You could put them on so many things that don't leave your house. Or. <laughs> or you could just get a Pokemon binder. <laughs> well, no, actually, I think that my actual plan is to buy a really, really nice hand-bound notebook where I can put the stickers in there and then write a note about where the sticker came from. Because I still remember where all of my stickers came from and like who gave it to me and like. My thoughts and my that's, feelings as like a memory. That's really cute and sweet and wonderful. You're yeah. such a historian. I just want them forever. I love it. I love it. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So <laughs> then she punches him in the face and she's like, hey, I'm listener, so sorry. Did you know <laughs> that I'm neurodivergent as hell? Um, moving along. <laughs> and he's like, no, you shouldn't be sorry about that. Like, I, I deserve it. And then a woman comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And dumps a baby in his arms. Yeah. And it starts to cry. And he shoves it at Pauline and just walks away. Yeah. He freezes and he's just like, oh, my God, why would she do that? And he he says that as he looks down at it and he he sees like all of its like brand new baby features. And then he says, and it's looking up at me, like fix, fix everything. Like, that's your job as the adult is to fix it. Mm-hmm. And he just feels like the most incompetent, broken person. And mm-hmm. he ends up just walking all night. Mm-hmm. He leaves her because and he, he walks all night. Because he can't get away from the baby's cries. They're haunting yeah. him. Yeah. So then-, so then he comes back in the morning and she is reading in the library. Because he's going to bed late. She's waking up early. Uh-huh. Because they're literally night and day, she says. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Specifically, listener, yeah. she's reading naughty books. Yeah. So he sits down at his desk, mm-hmm. and he, like, apologizes for being a first-rate jackass. <laughs> he says, I try not to do that, but then I think I end up just being a flagship bastard. One of my favorite quotes of the book. Oh, yeah. And... and- This killed me. So she worked as a barmaid. And there's, you know, that stereotype that bartenders are basically therapists. Right. Right. And so when she was a barmaid, she learned to tell a man who wants to talk from a man who doesn't want to talk. Mm -hmm. But even the ones who don't want to talk don't want to be alone. And so she decides that she's not going to leave. And she walks over to him and places her hand on his shoulder and just talks to him a bit. Mm -hmm. And then she steps away because he's not responding. And she's like, maybe I've gone too far. And he says, wait. Mm -hmm. And so she stops. And then he turns towards her and places his head against her navel and says, don't. Don't leave. Oh. And so she strokes him and tells him 
I won't. Yeah. And he apologizes for being a douchebag. Right. And it was so heartfelt and beautiful. And then (laughs) we take a hard left turn. Yeah. They start talking about like talents and party tricks and stuff. And he's like, I've got some embarrassing party tricks, too. Uh Uh-huh. Well, so specifically, she says, I found the naughty books. I have questions. And he says, oh, Lord, no, Sims, no. And she says, but you're the only one I can ask. And you owe me for the water goblets. And he says, very well. You have questions. Here are some answers. Yes. No. Only with ample lube. Apply them to your questions as you like. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. But then he says that he's got a party trick, and that is that he can pleasure two women at once with his hands tied behind his back while he's blindfolded. And Mm -hmm. she's like, wow, that's quite the humble brag. And he's like, I would have to be proud of it to be, like, bragging. Bragging. I used to be proud of it. I'm not anymore. A quote that felt like a sucker punch was... Mm -hmm. He'd come to realize it was a cold thing when the best you could say of a bed partner wasn't I love you or even I'm fond of you, but merely I despise you a bit less than I despise myself. Yeah. Woof. Woof. Oh, God. (laughs) Woof, everybody. Mm, Boy. Then she's like, I was reading those naughty books and I need to ask you a question because I have like a little experience And everything just sounds so outlandish. Like, there's just, like, you know, fountains of pleasure and, you know, crackling tension. And I don't know. It's like souls being smelted together or something ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And she's like, so are they exaggerating or was it just me? Because nothing ever, nothing's ever felt like that. And he, Mm -hmm. like, feels devastated inside. And he's like, Sims, it's not you. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. And she goes, oh, so they're exaggerating? And he says, I didn't say that either. Yeah. So we don't have the time to dig into this. Read the book. This no, is a we... real hot finger bang. Wait, I think we do. Because I think this just has to be a two-parter. <laughs> I don't see you. I, I don't either. Any We're other way around halfway. it. We're halfway through the book. Yeah, I don't I don't see any way around it. So we'll finish this scene and then we'll come back next week with the rest of the book. Okay. Sounds good. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if any yeah. book deserves a two-parter, this is one of them. I'm fully at peace with this development. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did have that moment where since you made a comment that we are 115 in and we had to motor we started motoring. We've skipped a lot. We've we skipped, skipped a lot. A lot. And then I looked at the time and I saw that we were sitting at 138. And I was like, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Okay. So. so let's get into this finger bang. Oh, boy. So I'm so excited. I literally, <gasps> y'all, I literally, my note is quote that is long as hell because I literally couldn't figure out where to stop because it's all perfect. Mm-hmm. Because like. He plops her up on top of the desk and kisses her and then brings his hands down her body and touches her. And he says, you can say no. Mm-hmm. And she says, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And then he he has to assure them both. 
by saying, it's your pleasure only, not mine. I want to give everything to you, not take. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he starts touching up on her. And I was wrong. He does not plop her on the desk because specifically. No, he doesn't want to share her. He says he supposed he should have carried her to the divan or laid her down on the carpet. But he was selfish. He wanted all of her all for himself. So he has her on his lap. I thought they were standing. No, he's sitting in a chair. And so he just pulled her down to him. Yeah, or maybe he pulled her back against his chest. Fuck. Maybe she's still standing. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Oh, boy. I know. Yeah, it's beautiful. And so one of the things that I really love about this book, especially from his point of view, is the way he talks about women and their pleasure and their bodies. Like, specifically here, he says... There were few things that gave him more satisfaction in life than bringing a woman pleasure. In so many ways, it was like solving a puzzle. Each woman had the same anatomy, but the crucial bits came in all shapes and sizes, sizes, fit together in different ways, and each responded to a unique set of strokes and caresses. The same techniques might not work from one woman to the next. The process of discovery was humbling and intoxicating. Mm. But when he triumphed, When he found just the right touch to apply in just the right place for just as long as she needed it, ah, the sweet thrill of success. Victory was a heady drug. He loved feeling a woman come undone in his arms, loved feeling the taut ring of her sex soften and melt for him, then grasp him tighter than a fist. Mm -hmm. He loved learning each little expression and sound that heralded her orgasm. Some women sighed, some wept, some laughed, some whimpered, some begged, some screamed. Mm -hmm. Some were wickedly grateful in the aftermath, and others grew endearingly bashful. He didn't know what Pauline would be like when she reached her peak, but he knew he must find out. Deep inside, he expected transcendence, something utterly different than anything he'd experienced before. And Mm -hmm. y'all... This is like a 10-page fucking, like, that is a microcosm. That's not the right word. No. Mm-mm. That's uh, the not ti- it. That is the tiniest little bit of Sliver. that scene. Mm-hmm. It is. It's so good. Like, it's so, Wow. Like, one of my favorite things about Tessa Dare books in general mm-hmm. is that the sex is, oh my god, the sex is so hot, yeah. but it's also so thoughtful yes, and beautiful. Yeah, because all of that was basically theoretical, uh-huh. and yet it adds so much to the physical descriptions in the sex scene, too. Yeah, because you know that, like, this is actually, he's not doing it just for her no like he is here to give her pleasure he's not going to take his pleasure but he's still pleasured by giving her pleasure yeah and that's just so sexy yeah absolutely oh yeah and this all of that context makes it so clear that this would be his greatest triumph because it's her 
And it's just, it's just bananas. It's just bananas good. So she finally, uh, he, uh, when he thinks that she's in a place where like she can't really, you know, hear or comprehend words in like her frontal lobe, you know, like her, her waking Mm -hmm. brain. He starts talking to her about all these beautiful things, like how she looks in the moonlight and how he wants to, how he wants to kiss her there and how sweet she would taste and how he could spend hours and hours and hours just like mm-hmm. watching her, you know, live her life. And I mean, it's, he, he accidentally makes it so clear that he cherishes her. That, like, she can't even ignore it, you know? She can't even write it off. And she has been trying to. And all of her instincts tell her that that's the only way it could be. Mm -hmm. So after she comes, she asks him to take her upstairs because she wants just one night of incredibleness. Yeah. Of seeing what this physical intimacy could be. And this might be her only chance. Mm-hmm. And he realizes that he wants to, this is when he realizes he wants to guard her and protect her and mm-hmm. care for her. And so he tells her that he can't take her upstairs. He says, you have no idea in what and mm-hmm. how many ways and how badly I want you. Mm-hmm. But I just can't. And then he has to push her away because otherwise there's no way he could break the contact. Mm-hmm. He has to, like, make it, like, abrupt. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to do it. And then he just turns around and leaves the library. <laughs> I mean, he's... Y'all. Oh, my God. I don't know if you know this about us. We love a sad, broken man. We love a sad, broken boy. And he's so sad. It's so broken. He's so broken. He's just so sad and broken. Yeah. And we don't even we don't even know why he's sad and broken yet. Like you might Did have, you have any theories. I've read the book. Oh, I guess I you can't remember all the way back to what your initial theories would be. I don't remember yeah, 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 back yeah, to yeah. 2020, my friend. Right. Well, next week, I'll tell you what my suspicions were. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Okay, so, so that's it. Hey, hey, everybody. Sabrina, what's your lady love? My lady love is... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'll post a picture of this on Instagram. Oh, Actually, Jesus. no, I'll send a, I'll, I'll post a, we'll post a picture because I'll already have pictures of this. Excellent. So I know I've mentioned that my friends are throwing me a 30th birthday party. Yeah. The theme is all things S. And so all of the food is S themed. All of the like all of the food, it's BYOB, but we're doing uh, like I'm not drinking. And so but I do want to do shambongs. If you know what a shambong is. No. No, oh. I do not. Okay, so I've never a heard shambong. of a shambong. Imagine a champagne glass. Yeah, but the stem is hollow and tilt and curved at like a ninety degree ish angle. Okay, and you fill it. It's tilted, and then you fill it with champagne, 
And then you can put okay. glitter in there or cotton candy or like whatever. And the tip okay. end of it is open, the, the small okay. stem end. And then you just shotgun you that. You guzzle it? You shotgun that shampoo. Nice. But. So you are drinking. I'm not drinking. We're going to get non-alcoholic champagne. Hot. And make sham. S-H-A-M. <laughs> sham bongs. Like Tessa Dare's sham sandwiches when mm-hmm. the when the animal loving lady tries mm-hmm. to make England Times fake meat. Love that fucking reference. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the point of this is it's not only a potluck and we're doing that. It is a costume party. <gasps> and you are supposed to come as something that starts with S. And so I bought. A shrimp costume on oh Amazon. <clears throat> I am going as a shrimp. And I am <laughs> so excited. I am looking at the box. It is right over there. I've not yet tried it on yet. And I cannot wait for it. So I need my a picture la- of this before oh, the party. I absolutely. Please, thank you. Yeah. So my lady love is if you want to wear the fucking dorky costume, yeah, fucking do it. Yeah. Do it. I'm going to have a whole... Fu- All you're going to be able to see of my body that is my mm. body is mm-hmm. my face yes. in a shrimp body. <gasps> yeah. And then a like, black bodysuit, essentially. And I'm just... Wear the fucking dorky Pumped. shit. I can't wait. I this is going to I bought this costume and this is about to be my go-to costume. Halloween <laughs> shrimp. Normal mm-hmm. party cuz like I'm not going to waste this shrimp costume. You can't. I'm going to be the winner at next year's work Halloween party. Yeah, you are. Except yeah. the hilarious thing is we don't do a Halloween party. We don't even usually dress up in costumes and I'm just going to show up to work <laughs> on Halloween <laughs> as a shrimp. As a shrimp. Are you going to get yourself a red hat so it's shrimp cocktail? No, because oh no, you can't. I there have is no something hat. on my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You're mm-hmm. just a face. I could just I could just walk around with a bottle of cocktail sauce. Ugh, ugh yeah, totally. But then you but have also to, to have cocktail sauce with you. Ugh. Well, I like cocktail sauce, but I I am type of person that if I have something in my hand, I am likely You'll drink to just, it. I will just without thinking. Open that puppy and drink it, and that sounds like a, a, ter- a terrible evening. So, oh my god, I will not be carrying a bottle of shrimp cocktail sauce. I support. So that. anyway, that's my lady love. Be weird. I love that. I love it. My lady love is when you need to call an audible. All right. Listen, we couldn't do this book in one episode, and frankly. Tessa Dare doesn't deserve it. And Sabrina, what? What did you say call an audible? Yeah. It's it's a sports term. Oh. I'm pretty sure it means like like calling a play on the fly. Like the coach yelling to change the plan. Oh. To a okay. quarterback or something. Cool. I have never heard that. And I thought you were talking about the ebook service. And I was like, um, what? Yeah, no, not the are audiobook you having, service. Are you having tech issues? <laughs> anyway. Call. I'm going to make sure. We're sports people. We know sports. Did you hear my batting a thousand reference earlier? I'm pretty yeah, I sure heard that's it. baseball. 
Yeah, it is. I Calling don't know an audible what it means. is a term from American football that refers to when the quarterback changes the play at the last minute due to how the defense is lining up. Okay, so it's the quarterback making a change at the last minute. Okay. But yeah, call an audible, everybody. Did you plan to do a podcast that's just one episode? Well, it turns out you shit the bed. And so you've got to do two episodes because the book is too good and you're the too book happy. Is too good. I can't and you're believe too, you're having too many friendship times. I cannot believe that we are two hours into this bitch and we skipped things. How is this a 340-page <laughs> book? I don't know. It's jam-packed. Just like all, I mean, all Tessa Dare books are. Yeah, that's so, so true. yeah. Do what's best for you and do what's best for your people. Because even if you're annoyed right now, listener, I'm doing this for you too. I yeah. promise. Read yeah. the book. We're giving you the opportunity yeah. to read the book. Read the book because it only gets, it, it only, like, I can't believe that this is true, but it only gets better from here. And read the one before it. It's one of my favorite romances of all time. Honestly, read all of the Spindle Cove books. Yeah, they're like, all delightful. They're I, all solid gold. I've told you before, Mel, that this podcast is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I Yeah, I've heard that, and I don't and, feel bad. Um, it continues <laughs> to be true because uh-huh. I currently have... Now you want to do a Tessa Dare read? Well, I currently have <laughs> a Theodora Taylor mm-hmm. going on at all times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also now really want to do a Tessa Dare reread. Uh-huh. Um, I am this fucking close. And have oh been God. for months to go down a Cassie Alexander rabbit hole. Oh, I've already I, done that. Yeah. I, oh. Big fan. There's just so I many. I just started Serena Bowen's Pay It Forward series with her <gasps> MM. I have oh, we not just started escaped that a cult. yet. It's oh. so good. But Wait, like, what do you mean be it's careful. Called, is it called Pay It Forward? No, the series. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's called Pay It Forward. Yeah. Oh, well, I've, re- I've read that series, but I didn't realize it was called Pay It Forward. Doesn't matter. The whimsy, whimsy, thing. whimsy. Li- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whimsy, everybody. Okay. Oh, man, I just did that. And like, trigger warning for religious trauma, but holy fuck balls, that book is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one is um, Goodbye Paradise. Yes. And I do believe. Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. And it's in the Pay It Forward series. Yeah, I think it's book one of two or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, okay, so big fan. Wow. I know the podcast sends us down rabbit holes that we don't even know. So keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love not taking a picture of that melting dick. (laughs) Not branding all of your photos. All with of your that social melting media. dick. Not, not, not putting the uh, the onus of all social media content on Sabrina. <laughs> yeah. Also, frankly, <laughs> like we're saying, like there's a lot of reasons that it makes sense to make this a two parter. But I'm mm-hmm. also just gonna throw out there: love yourself as much as you love taking it easy when you have the month from hell. Because guess what? Also, this that. being a this being a two parter is going to yeah. fucking save my cookies. Yeah, no, I mean it really. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Tessa Dare. Yeah, thank you, you Tessa know? Dare, and thank you, listener, for supporting us the way that you uh-huh. do. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for we the love grace you. and the love. Yeah. We love you too. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay, bye.
Heaving Bosoms is produced by us, Melody Carlisle and Sabrina Bradley. Editing is done by Melody Carlisle. Our theme music is by the incredible singer-songwriter Brittany Fonts, and our art is by ultra-talented author Kate Pryor. If you like our show, remember to follow us on your favorite podcast app, rate us five stars, leave a nice review, and of course, tell all your friends about us, even if they don't read romance. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. If you want more of us, visit patreon.com slash heavingbosomspodcast. You can also find us on Instagram at heavingbosoms, on TikTok at heaving underscore bosoms, and in our Facebook group, the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult. Head over to our website to sign up for our newsletter, get our Reading Embrace printable, and check out my audiobooks at heavingbosoms.com. All right, we'll be back next week with more Swoons and Snark. See you then. Bye.